At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. This is the Dream Team Tapes, a Diversion Podcast's original series in association with iHeartRadio. This is the story of the United States Olympic basketball team that won gold in Barcelona in 1992, known worldwide as the Dream Team. Millions of Americans own a personal computer. If you're one of them, you can now glimpse the future with nothing more than a modem, a phone line, and a few dollars a month. Oh, that's that right. little mark with the A and then the ring around it. At. See, that's what I said. Mm-hmm. Um, Katie said she thought it was about. Yeah. Oh. But I'd never heard or it. Around. I'd never heard it about. said. I'd always <laughs> seen the mark, but never yeah. heard it said. And then yeah. it sounded stupid when I said it. Violence at NBC. So why did I choose to open episode three of the Dream Team tapes by making fun of Brian Gumbel, Katie Couric, and Elizabeth Fargus, all of whom are infinitely more famous than I, on a 1994 episode of the Today Show? Beyond the fact, of course, that it's a lot of fun. Now, let me note that the first time I had a flip phone, I got 37 calls before I found out you had to actually flip the phone open to answer them. So maybe I'm not the guy to be making fun here, but I have a point. 28 years after the Dream Team began to be put together, one of my most vivid memories was how, for want of a better word, quietly it all came together. That's the only description I would give to the manner in which the news was received that pros could now play in the Olympics. Why was that? Well, we must resort to the obvious here first, the absence of social media. The Bryant Katie Elizabeth video, remember, was even a few years after the news of the Dream Team. There was zero social media and only daily newspapers and magazines like Sports Illustrated. The Olympic news was not big news. Had something similar happened today, the internet would have blown up within an hour. Every Hoops fan in America with a keyboard would have had his or her Dream Team selected. So in December of 1990, now this is nine months before the team would be announced. I had an idea that why don't I pick my starting five if these guys were to play in the Olympics. It was all presented as a hypothetical. 
We could take a photo at the All-Star Game in Charlotte in February, put it on the cover of Sports Illustrated, and that would save me writing about the All-Star Game, about which there was usually nothing to write, except how bad the defense is. And ladies and gentlemen, honestly, that was the beginning of the real interest in the Dream Team. And in fact, I'll tell you later how it got its name. But something else was going on in relative secret at that time. The decision about who was going to coach these guys. Here's Chuck Daly. Well, I thought, you know, maybe I was a little far along in my career. And I thought, you know, there's so many qualified people out there that um, I, I really didn't give it a lot of thought. Someone mentioned it to me and I said, oh, I don't know that I would fit into that category or not. But I said, nice you know, that people are mentioning my name. And Matt Dobek. Part of just his background of being pessimistic, he never really enjoyed the stuff that he accomplished. You know, even that, with that, because he was so worried about what Isaiah and Joe thought. I get a little sad when I hear those voices for both men are gone now. The first voice belonged to Chuck Daly, who died of cancer in 2009. Our interview is from Barcelona in the middle of the 92 Olympics. The other voice is Matt Dobek, who was the Pistons' longtime public relations man. Matt took his own life a little over a year after Chuck died. I'm not suggesting the events were connected, but I'm not suggesting they weren't connected either. See, Chuck and Matt were as close as any coach and PR man could ever be. I'm not as familiar with those relationships in other sports, but in pro basketball, the relationship between the coach and the PR person is extremely important to the health of the team. See, the coach is like the CEO of a large corporation, except that he's responsible to the media and fans on a daily basis. And the PR person is the one charged with running interference, trying to decide when the coach should talk, when he should stay quiet, and when he should, well, if not outright lie, then obfuscate. So on Valentine's Day, 1991, Charles Jerome Daly was named coach of the Dream Team. In keeping with that quiet theme I had talked about, nobody paid all that much attention, and there was very little ceremony attached to the announcement. I wouldn't say Chuck was a unanimous choice, but he was certainly a popular one. Pat Riley and Don Nelson seemed the other possible choices, but in their own way, they had something against them. Nellie was a little squirrely. You never knew what he was going to say or what he was going to do, for that matter. Pat was a great coach, but he was way way into that my way or the highway thing by that time. The powers that be knew that they needed a diplomat as well as a great coach. Somebody who wouldn't go nuclear with all the extracurricular demands that would come with coaching the dream team. Plus, there was this from Charles Barkley. Chuck coached the bad boy Pistons, Charles said on more than one occasion. You coach those assholes, you can coach anybody. Chuck never seemed to take himself too seriously. It was the great Boston writer Bob Ryan who hung the sobriquet, the prince of pessimism on Chuck, because he would always find the gloomy side to anything, but at the same time, a wry smile was never far from his face. You owe me any money, he used to say as he gripped your hand in a greeting. And when Chuck would give out his cell phone, he ended up by saying the first six numbers and then Rodman Sally. That's because the final four numbers were 10 and 22, the jersey numbers of Dennis Rodman and John Sally. Now, when Chuck's decision was announced on that Valentine's Day in 91, 
You have to understand what was going on in the NBA that season. Daly's Pistons, the bad boys as everyone called them, or the A-holes as Charles called them, were the two-time defending champions, having disposed of the Lakers in 89 and the Trailblazers in 1990. But their meter had clearly expired. They were old and injured, and almost everyone figured, correctly as it turned out, that Jordan's and Pippin's Bulls would overtake them. But Daly was still the man the committee wanted, and in retrospect, it's hard to imagine the dream team without Chuck. One of my regrets is that he died in 2009 before I got a chance to interview him. Chuck was happy to get the job, of course, but right away he knew he was in a tough position. Matt Dobeck knew it right away, too, because he told me. Though no players had been selected for the team, Chuck knew in his heart of hearts that selling his captain, Isaiah Thomas, to the committee would be difficult because of some of the poisonous relationships that Isaiah had built up over the years. Bill Lambeer, Isaiah's teammate and best friend, pointed out correctly that had the Dream Team decisions been made a year or two earlier, when the Pistons were the kings of the NBA, it would have been harder to keep Isaiah off of it. You have to remember that Isaiah stirred up a lot of this stuff himself, including the time he agreed with Dennis Rodman after Rodman made that much-remembered statement that Larry Bird was overrated. But let's unpack that a little bit. It occurred right after Isaiah had made a boneheaded pass that led to a bird steal, that led to a bird pass, that led to a Dennis Johnson basket, that eventually led to the Celtics beating the Pistons and making the finals in 1987. Isaiah was in an overheated Boston Garden visitor's locker room, which is exactly how the Celtics used to keep the visitor's locker room. And what Isaiah actually said was, Larry Bird is an exceptional talent, but I have to agree with Dennis. If he was black, he'd be just another good guy. Now, that's a little different than just outright dissing Bird, and it was a theme that Isaiah, and other black players as well, used to say, and that was how much more attention great or outstanding white players got than their black counterparts. Isaiah just happened to pick the wrong guy to say it about. At any rate, it's an absolute certainty that in today's Twitter climate, Isaiah would have gotten a lot more support. At the very least, it would have been a viral blow-up for a few hours. So, no matter what you heard, there was never much of a chance for Isaiah Thomas to make the Dream Team. For this reason mainly, Michael Jordan did not want him. I wrote that back in 1992 because a source close to the situation, no, not Jordan himself, told me that was the case. But Jordan's reaction to the question, did you keep Isaiah off the team, was either angry, no, dismissive, no Isaiah questions, please, or coy, hey, I didn't pick the team. So when I went to interview Jordan for the Dream Team book in 2011, I wondered how I would nudge the conversation over to Isaiah Thomas. But against all odds, Jordan went there himself, suddenly and without warning. And they called me to ask me to play. Rob phone called me and said, Rob, I won't play with Isaiah Thomas on the team. He assured me, he said, you know what? Chuck that one, Isaiah. So Isaiah's not going to be a part of the team. If you didn't hear, he said, I don't want to play if Isaiah Thomas is on the team. 
Now, much has been made, is still being made, about how one player should not have had the power to keep another off the team. And further, how USA basketball officials, the late David Stern, Dave Gavitt, whoever, should not have listened to one man. And they should have said, F you, Michael, we're taking Isaiah. To which I always say, please. In the year of our Lord, 1991, there was no one who was going to pick Isaiah Thomas over Michael Jordan. It's that simple. Plus, the case could be made that John Stockton, by that point, was as good as Isaiah Thomas. Personally, I would not make that argument. At their best, Isaiah was better than John. But when you factor in everything, including the Jordan factor and team chemistry, that doesn't necessarily add up to Isaiah having a deserving place on the team. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. A final note on the Isaiah story. When the team was finally selected and announced in September of 1991, Magic Johnson released the following statement. I sincerely hope the selection committee awards one of the final two remaining roster positions to Isaiah. I say this not because Isaiah is my friend, but because I believe he will assist the team in winning the gold medal. Oh my God, what a bunch of crap. As it evolved years later, Magic and Isaiah were already on the outs. Magic didn't want Isaiah on the team either, and he could have been considered Isaiah's greatest ally. Now, by the time Chuck Daly was announced as the coach, several players had already expressed interest in playing in Barcelona. Specifically, Malone, Barkley, Ewing, and Magic. But hearkening back to the beginning of the podcast, there hadn't been much buzz about it. So many people just did not think it was going to happen after 50 years of amateur players representing our country. So I had the idea to do this story, this kind of hypothetical story about what the team might look like, and I started with Magic. And he said, 
no way I'm doing this if you're not picking Larry. I said, well, I would pick Larry, I told Magic, but I don't think he's going to play, which was the truth. You got to check with him, Magic said. And I did. And this is Bird years later talking about it. And the one thing I didn't want to do is go over there and not be able to play at all and, and take away a chance for somebody else to have an opportunity to play on the Olympics. Bird's back was hurting. And he was legitimately concerned that he was too old to go to Barcelona. He was just trying to get through the season and coax the Celtics to another finals, which even he knew was not going to happen. So after I reported back to Magic, he said, OK, I'm in. I eventually rounded up Jordan. He took some convincing, of course, because he was Jordan and he still hadn't officially committed to the team. And I also rounded up Patrick Ewing. Carl Malone, and Charles Barkley. They were my choice for a starting lineup as long as Bird said he was not playing. Now, why Ewing over David Robinson? Tell you the truth, I really don't know. To this day, I'm not sure who I would take in his prime. Perhaps Robinson for his all-around athleticism, but there was something about Ewing's indomitable spirit. Anyway, this took a lot of arranging and a lot of secret maneuvering and when we tried to move the five guys into a separate room to take a shot during a break in the all-star hullabaloo, all hell broke loose. Fans were banging on the door after we somehow managed to get the guys in there. I had arranged for my two sons to be in the room to hand out the swag bags to the players, and they were wide-eyed astonished at the crush of people trying to get into the room. My sons, by the way, are both over 40 now, and they still have the Polaroids. You know the definition of a swag bag, by the way. It's goodies given to people who are so rich that they should be the ones handing out the swag bags. That's certainly what Christopher thought on The Sopranos when he robs Lauren Bacall, that's THE Lauren Bacall, to grab her swag bag as Lauren lets loose with a barrage of F-bombs. Great Sopranos moment. Anyway, right before we're ready to take the photo, into the room bursts Russ Granick who was the deputy commissioner of the NBA at the time, David Stern's right-hand man. And I mean, he was pissed. We haven't cleared this. We haven't cleared this, he kept yelling, which I guess was technically true, meaning that we hadn't cleared it with the NBA. We finally talked Russ off the ledge and took the photo. Russ is, by the way, one of the great guys in NBA history. When the cover photo came out, it was in a way kind of hokey, but the five stars were holding replicas of the Olympic rings and the power of them together, and it just released some kind of energy. I wrote the story that weekend, and I began it this way. It's a red, white, and blue dream. The five players who grace this week's cover playing together determined to restore America's lost basketball dignity in the 1992 Olympic Games in Barcelona. What's the chances of this dream coming true? Not bad. Not bad at all. And then there was just the cover line that said, Dream Team. From that moment on, everything changed. Dream Team started to become a thing. There began to be stories written about it. Who's going to be on the Dream Team? Who's not a Dream Teamer? Okay, Magic's on board. Patrick's excited. The mailman's all in. Chris Mullen? I didn't even think about it. He said, I'm in. Scotty Pippen, surprised at the nod, but put me down. We had a name. It seemed like reality. The Dream Team. 
Now, let's consider the inclusion of one Charles Wade Barkley. At the end of episode two, I played you a clip of Charles talking about how he was one of the first five players picked because he had been on the cover of Sports Illustrated. Uh, not the case. Charles was no luck for a variety of reasons, this being one of them. But in March 1991, Barkley did something truly outrageous even for him. Barkley's Sixers were playing the New Jersey Nets in a hard-fought regular season game. A Nets fan in the front row had allegedly been heckling him all night, and eventually Barkley snapped. In the fourth quarter during a stop and play, Barkley spit in the fan's general direction. Only it hit a little girl instead. Now, a couple of things here. First, there was no allegedly about Charles being heckled. He was being heckled. Fat ass and all that. I don't know if there was a racial component, but of course, he shouldn't have snapped. And of course, he didn't mean to spit on the young girl whose name was Lauren Rose and who Charles later spoke to and apologized. But combined with other incidents, a barroom brawl or two, an on-court fight or two, a weapons charge for carrying an unlicensed handgun, a few dozen unpolitic comments, and, well, Charles, despite what he said in episode two about being one of the first five picked, was no automatic for the Dream Team. And certainly, David Stern, the commissioner, was ambivalent about his inclusion. The basketball people are always petrified. You can't get enough good players. Yeah. You know, if they had their brothers, we'd make 20 players. Right. Honest to God. Yeah. It's really remarkable. You know, you never know what he's going to say because he doesn't know what he's going to say. And that's a, you know, it, uh, uh, he really, he's really, uh, you know, stepped over the line a couple of times, to say the least. But, you know, he's Charles. So why did Charles make the team? Two reasons, really. Rod Thorne, who at that time was an executive with the league, was the one charged with calling Charles. And he was instantly impressed by how much Barkley wanted to play. But this is the key factor. Thorne, a former general manager who had drafted Jordan in 1984 and was very much an important man in the process of gathering players, wanted his talent. Remember what David Stern said. While the people more preoccupied with image never think you have enough Boy Scouts, basketball people, which Rod Thorne was, never think you have enough talent. Charles was clearly not a Boy Scout, but talent won out. And Charles Barkley was a dream teamer. At Bed 365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar, whether it's a walk off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. 
Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Now, so far as need goes, the team probably did not need Larry Bird. He was 35, and it was an old 35. His back was not just hurting, it was killing him, as you heard from his voice at the beginning of the episode. Bird would describe times when he would drive his car only a mile before he had to stop and get out and stretch his back. This resonates with me, as it does with many others. On a couple of occasions, I visited Bird's miracle man physiotherapist, Dan Dyrick. And over long stretches of the season, Dyrick was Bird's most constant companion. But Bird, after many haranguing phone calls from Magic and a couple conversations with Dave Gavitt, eventually signed on. Remember that he says it was just to hang out with Gavitt, but there was more to it than that. When I was a kid, my dad was big on the Olympics. And uh, it didn't matter if it was track and field, you know, high jump, whatever. His big thing was always the national anthem. If he turned on the TV for the Olympics, he hear the national anthem, he turned and smiled and said, U.S. won gold. I always remember that. And I always thought, boy, that would be something as a kid. I never dreamed I'd ever do it. But the, the, the most exciting thing for me was when we got our medals when they played the Star Spangled Banner. I remember back in his mind when he heard the anthem playing, it was a gold medal. He was happy. Yeah, I was. Too. Bird was just starting to become a college player at Indiana State in 1976 when the U.S. team won gold in Montreal. He was already a professional in the 1980s. He had never gotten his Olympic chance, and Bird, despite his hesitation about his back, wanted in on the national team. He remembered those nights of watching the Olympics with his dad. He wanted to hear the national anthem from the podium, and he wanted to remember his father, that dark soul, who took his own life when Larry was a teenager. So Bird was in, and Magic was in, and together they constituted the most important ceremonial picks of the Dream Team. That was one of the great luxuries of the Dream Team, by the way. It could afford ceremonial picks. It needed ceremonial picks, and Magic and Bird are the two best ceremonial players in history. So it's getting near the time in late summer of 1991 to announce the Dream Team, and the following are on board. Magic, John Stockton as guards. Barkley, Malone, Mullen, and Bird as forwards. Ewing and David Robinson as centers. Scottie Pippen as the classic swingman. And finally, Michael Jordan, after months of coyness, said he was in. That's 10. Now, USA Basketball had decided to leave two spots to be announced a couple months before the Olympics. It was a really stupid decision, determined partly because there was still some discussion about how many college players were to be added to the team. Increasingly, though, it had become clear that when players like James Worthy and Dominique Wilkins didn't even come close to making the team, that really, no college player should be on the team. So now we're going to jump ahead about eight months for the anticlimactic announcement that Clyde Drexler was added to the Dream Team. Any lingering support for Isaiah Thomas had all but dissipated and Clyde deserved the nod. And I've always believed that a big part of the reason that Clyde made those comments about Jordan that you heard in an earlier episode 
was because he was rightly pissed off that he had been added late. Finally, they decided to add one college kid. There's the pass to Leitner. Puts it up. Now, Shaquille O'Neal would be a better pro than Christian Leitner. Shaquille O'Neal would be more fun, a foil for the barbs of Barkley, Jordan, and Bird. But the pick was clearly Christian Leitner, and Rod Thorne tells why. The college people were very adamant that it be Leitner because of the things he had done for USA Basketball. He and Shaq were the two guys that it came down to. Uh, And he had played on teams and been very cooperative with them and had had a great year. So Leitner was added for his body of work, and he probably deserved to be there even if he did sometimes act like a dick. So let's jump back in time again to the fall of 1991 and the televised show that announced the first 10 members of the Dream Team. What had once seemed like a far-off dream just a couple years earlier was now moving toward reality. The Dream Team was no longer a dream. Man, we couldn't wait. The 91 preseason started. The Los Angeles Lakers headed for Paris, and the fourth annual McDonald's Open. I covered the event, and I remember it was gloomy in Paris, and Magic Johnson, for one, wasn't real happy. Players, you see, get far less out of these cultural exchanges than the league gets out of the PR gains by sending them to faraway places. But gamely, because he was Magic, he did all the requisite press conferences and smiled that magic smile. He came back from France, got a mandatory physical because of a new insurance policy he had taken out. And one afternoon, as he prepared for a preseason game in Utah, his doctor called and told him to fly back to Los Angeles immediately. And on November 7, 1991, Magic Johnson, who by most accounts would be captaining the Dream Team, held a news conference that shocked the world. We'll talk about that and the summer of 92 when the Dream Team came together on the next episode. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the Dream Team tapes, please follow, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts. The Dream Team tapes is written and hosted by Jack McCallum. Executive producers, Mark Francis and Scott Waxman. Executive producer for iHeartMedia is Sean Titone. The Dream Team Tapes is a Diversion Podcast's original series in association with iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is... 
and you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX, now playing, and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now.